This is the Bigger Pockets Podcast, show 123. Real estate has uh, really provided me the means for a steady flow of income month after month. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. What's going on, everybody? This is Josh Dorkin, host of the Bigger Pockets podcast, here with my co-host, Mr. Brandon Turner. What's going on, Brandon? Not much. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Doing good. well, man. Enjoying the spring. Enjoying the the nice warm weather, though it snowed like two days ago. Then it I heard that like sixty. It's you guys had crazy weather, yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy in Colorado. April mm. is very unpredictable. And you moved. That's a good thing. Something like that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Relocation. <laughs> relocation is always good. Not like move like physically. Hopefully you move more often than I was. Yeah, I was than, relocated <laughs> by the uh, undercover. Yeah. Guy. Good. <laughs> No, that's exciting. You got a new house and moving yeah, up in the world. You know, Look at you. Life Fancy. Is, no, no, just, you know, just, <laughs> just, just moving around, man. Trying to, trying to make room for, for the kids and dogs and everything else that comes with that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, cool. cool. Yeah. 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 I helped What's, a friend move yesterday. That's always a miserable wow, experience. Yeah. I, I tell my <laughs> friends that I'm not your friend when it comes to moving. That's I don't funny. move. I don't help people move and I don't ask people to help me move. So, you know, yeah, it's I, just, I there's an understanding. It. Yeah, I actually kind of liked it because I'm like, well, I, I need to like you know get some kind of exercise since I sit all day long. So at least when people ask me to move, help them move, I, I don't know. At least I'm I, doing something with my yeah, life. Here, here's a here's a quick story. My my friend Mr. Brian Volkweis uh, decided w- one day that uh, we were going to do. You, you ever see those uh, those obstacle courses for grownups? You, you know they have all these cool obstacle courses. They have TV shows about it where you go and you. No idea. You know, these in, uh, you know what I'm talking about. They have these this cool sounds awkward, obstacle and courses. Yeah, it's fun. You go through mud and like mudder runs and that kind of stuff. Okay, so, yeah, sure. Yeah, so he's like, oh, we're going to do this cool obstacle course. It's a secret. We're going to go check this out and like, you know, bring towels, bring bathing suit, bring, you know, all this stuff. And I'm like, all right, cool, cool. So, you know, for weeks and weeks, he's hyping me up. He's hyping me up. <laughs> and and the day comes and he's like, all right, you know, he's going to come pick me up. So he picks me up. It's yeah, 6 a.m. and we're driving, we're driving and I'm like super excited about this whole thing. And, you know, I'm like, this is kind of a weird place. We're going into like a residential area. This is not really an obstacle course <laughs> type, of, type of neighborhood. And I'm, I'm going, I'm going. I don't say anything. And then we make a turn and I knew from his GPS that we were getting close. And we make a turn and I see a, a moving truck at the end of the block. <laughs> like a Ryder or Penske or something like that. And I just, I was so pissed. It was an hour and 15, hour and 20 minutes from my house. He kidnapped me to go move a friend of his. So, so I didn't even know this guy and I was kidnapped to go help this dude move. That's funny. Uh, suffice to say, I was, I was definitely pranked and I was definitely pissed off. So. You, never, you never moved anybody again. That was pretty much it. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, I got pizza out of the deal. You got hosed. So cool. Uh, definitely got hosed. Yeah. Anyway, anyway today's show. Let's we get on with this. This is a cool show. show. Very, yeah, it's- a very unique show. I think uh, people are going to hopefully get a lot out of this one. I did. I mean, I thought it was fascinating. So Yeah. Yeah. I think it was great. Well, before we do, let's get to today's quick tip. tip. All right, guys, quick tip. 
We send out emails regularly. I think it's every other week about people in your area. And we have this feature on Bigger Pockets. It's biggerpockets.com slash meet. If you are uh, a, a newer member of our site and have yet to connect with people, go to the meet page, look at investors in your area and connect with them. Reach out, say, hey, what's up? I'm so-and-so. I'm in your area. I, this is what I do. Would love to link up. Simple. You just expanded your network. You just increased the likelihood that you're going to be successful as a real estate investor, period. It's that easy. The more people you connect with, the more people you network with, the greater your chance of success as a real estate investor. I promise it. So go out there, jump on the meet page. um, And when we send you those emails about people in your area, just reach out to them and say, hey, that's today's quick tip. There you go. Good job. Awesome. Awesome. All right. If you're in the landlord game, then you know the importance of solid tenant screening. That's where RentReady steps in. Now, RentReady's got an important new feature, proof of income verification. And get this, with Plaid certified reports, you'll see everything from income summaries to total earnings by month. Say goodbye to those gut check moments and hello to confidence in renting with RentReady. RentReady is included in your pro membership at Bigger Pockets. If you're not a pro, they're offering a six month plan for $1. You can't beat that. I actually don't even know how they make money doing that, but it's above my pay grade, pal. Visit rentready.com. That's R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I dot com and use the code BP Investor. That's BP, like bigger pockets, investor, like me, to get six months of rent ready for $1, which is crazy. Passive income without the property headache? It's possible. There's a way to invest passively in real estate and get monthly income without any tenants, maintenance, or property management. The Wealthy have been doing this for years, and if you're an accredited or high net worth investor, you too can collect cash flow without the headaches that come from owning rentals. How? By investing in a private real estate fund with PPR Capital Management. PPR's co-founder, Dave Van Horn, wrote the book on real estate note investing for BP. But he's not just investing in notes. Dave and his team also have an extensive background in commercial real estate. And with PPR Capital Management, they're strategically investing in both notes and commercial real estate nationwide. With over half a billion dollars in assets under management, PPR has provided individuals with a steady source of truly passive income since 2007 without ever missing a payment. Check them out at investwithppr.com. Again, if you're looking to get monthly passive income from an experienced team with a strong track record, go to investwithppr.com today. You might think you want real estate, but that's not true. What you really want is passive income. With new investors struggling to find deals or get enough money to buy them and veteran landlords tired of the constant tenant phone calls, is there a better alternative? Actually, there is. Short notes from Connect Invest. Connect Invest is an online investing platform that allows you to easily participate in passive real estate investing, and all you need is $500 to start. Short Notes collectively funds a diversified portfolio of commercial and residential real estate projects across acquisition, construction, and development phases. You'll earn a fixed monthly income without the hassle of owning or managing real estate. Head to connectinvest.com BP to create your account. Fund your digital wallet with at least $500. Select from 6, 12, and 24-month short notes with annualized return rates up to 9%. Then sit back and let your monthly returns roll in. Join today by visiting connectinvest.com slash VP. Connectinvest.com slash VP. All right, guys. So today's show, like we said, is uh, is a little bit different, but uh, certainly interesting. Uh, our guest, Justin Escajeda. Justin is a, a real estate investor out of the Pittsburgh area. And uh, Justin, he's had a life that hasn't been so easy. He's made some 
choices and decisions that, you know, probably weren't the best. And uh, for, I believe he says, 20 years was doing things like drugs and other bad things and, and went down to, you know, uh, he, he, he was homeless, right? I mean, yep. I, I believe walking down the yep. train tracks with a bag of all his belongings, yep. uh, that was his life. Today, he's, he's got rental property, storage units, mobile homes. He's looking to get into mobile home parks. I mean, he's doing really well, turned his life around. It's fascinating. Definitely an interesting story. Uh, so stay tuned. And hear how, if Justin can do this, you too can. You have no excuse to say, I can't do it. There's no way I could be successful if Justin was able to do that. And, you know, very inspiring, very yeah. inspiring. And we're, we're really happy to, to have the opportunity to, to share this uh, with you guys. So uh, with that, let's bring him on. Justin, welcome to the show. It's good to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so this show is a little bit different. I know very, in that I know very little about you. Usually I do quite a bit of research up front, but this time I know very little. I had uh, Hillary do a lot of the research just because I've been lazy. Brandon was being lazy. I've been lazy. So, <laughs> I, and I kind of wanted to try it out. Like, what if I know nothing hardly about the guest? L- like, let's see where the conversation goes. It's kind of my, my thought process. At least that's how I justify my laziness. So, uh, why don't you take us from the beginning? <laughs> Who are you? Where'd you come from? How'd you get started with real estate? Yeah, um, name's Justin. Um, from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, actually, I think I might be your first guest from Pittsburgh. You to might tell you be. the truth, I always yeah. listen. I always listen to your shows, and I never had. <laughs> I, there was never anyone from Pittsburgh, but um, but yeah, yeah man. Yeah, but I, nobody really likes Pittsburgh. So. <laughs> no, <laughs> even from people from Pittsburgh don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we're all so miserable. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, I don't know. I got started in real estate, um, I'd have to say, about seven years ago. However, my story kind of starts off prior to that. Always been an entrepreneur, always. I'd say since the fifth grade. But, uh, you know, real estate was always attracted to me, attractive to me because, you know, I'd, I'd, you know, I fell into the stereotype of um, seeing landlords and all they did was pick up rent. You know, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was like, "Oh man, that's awesome!" That's, you know? all, that's all we do. Yeah, that's that, it. you know, it, it, we we we're like Scrooge McDuck. We go like, home exactly. and we uh, nice. swim Good in our, reference. our our gold vault of uh, gold coins. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but uh, needless to say, I found out that was very false, very untrue. That it is. But um, but yeah, I always uh, I always started a lot of little businesses. Also, like unlike a lot of your guests, most of them were cash. Under the table, uh, oh. kind of. No, nobody's you know. listening. Only fifty thousand people, and probably the IRS. <laughs> well, hey, you but, know what, you man? Know. I, uh, like you said, <laughs> you know, Brandon wants to. Brandon, Brandon wants to learn more about me, and you know, yep. if if something I could say can inspire someone or help someone, you know, get them out of the rut they're in, I'm all for it. You know, nice. um, try to give back as much as I can. But uh, but yeah, like I said, I've always been into the quick dollar. Uh, any any means necessary means possible and um real estate seemed to be a more legitimate one at the time when i first got into uh being a landlord and um you know i was just like you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna get a bunch of properties i'm gonna get 600 properties i'm just gonna walk around like joe pesci in the super and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do anything to any of my units and you know i love the super i love that movie i've not seen that one 
Oh, you should. Yeah. <laughs> you are the super, my friend. <laughs> it is about the slum diddy dumb lord, and it is the slum lord of slum lords. Yeah, okay, it's a I'll, real cheesy. I'll, I'll uh, look at Netflix for that one. Late eighties, early nineties movie. Nice. Yes, yes, but it's good. You'd like it, believe okay. me. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but yeah, um, like I said, I, I and I'm still an entrepreneur, and I, I, I have still. You know, started a few businesses, legitimate businesses now. However, you know, real estate has uh, really provided me the means for a steady flow of income month after month. You know, to to help uh, you know fund other projects um, to make my businesses grow better. Nice. Um, so, I, so I got to ask, just because I'm sure people are wondering this too. You didn't like rob banks or something, right? For no. quick- <laughs> okay, okay, to make it sure. <laughs> no, no. I mean, uh, anything from. You know, bootleg cigarettes, selling drugs. Wow, so you came from a rough uh, background. Yeah, I mean, you know, but I came from the suburbs. Don't don't think okay, I came. Okay, yeah. You know what I mean? I was just naturally attracted to that lifestyle for some reason, even at a young age. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I just grew up with that mentality, and I um, you know what, the people I I I was naturally attracted to the bad kids, to the you know what I mean, and um, that that gravitated into uh, you know. A lot, a lot of nasty stuff. A lot of nasty stuff that I had to get over. Um, But uh, I don't know, man. I mean, talking like probably like fifteen to fifteen to twenty years of just doing dirt, or sorry, doing illegal things, and you know, finally in the last seven years, I've been legitimate, and it's uh, it's been very difficult, very difficult to uh, do things the correct way by the book. um, You know. So how did how did you do? I mean, how did you how did uh, what how did you come to that realization that you needed to like you know stop living I, I that be- lifestyle? And, yeah, and I, I became um, you know like I said I uh, I became addicted to drugs and uh, my life was going down the toilet. I was homeless, no money, you know, all relationships totally shot. Drug of choice was heroin. So, and on a side note, there, I will say that. Living in that lifestyle for so long, it actually has given me a great grasp on um, interviewing tenants. You know what I mean? Just just things along that line. How to look out for what I used to be, right? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Wait, wait. What did you say? (laughs) How to look out for guys who do what you used to do. Yeah. Actually, the very first... The very first woman I ever showed an apartment to, my first duplex, um, I showed her an apartment. She's walking around. She's like, oh, yeah, this looks really nice. And, of course, it was my first one, so I decked it out. And, um, you know, crown molding, trim, uh, a lot of the things that I probably don't do now. But um, I just went above and beyond. She's walking around. She's like, can I use your bathroom? I said, yeah, no problem, you know. She's in the bathroom for like 10 minutes. Yep. And, and I'm going, you know, maybe, you know, maybe she had to go number two, whatever. But then I started hearing, I started hearing profuse vomiting, profuse vomiting. And she threw up all over the toilet, oh, all over the floor, everything. And all she did was close the door. So I didn't know this until after the fact. I was like, are you all right? She's like, yeah, I was coming down with a bug. But then I happened to see her arms. She had track marks all up her arms, you know. So I was like, you know what, I'll be in touch. Yeah. And, uh. I wasn't in touch. So, <laughs> needless to say, but I did have to clean up all her vomit all over the bathroom. Oh man! Oh man! Actually, I could write a whole book on weird stuff like that. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> someday, someday. Okay. Yeah, right. So, all right, so, so yeah. you're doing all this stuff. Seven years ago, something happens. Yeah, I got what, clean. What? I got oh, clean. So, so you got you got clean. 
presumably, I mean, it sounds like you were broke. You know, you had nothing going on. How the hell do you go from a broke ex, you know, ex drug user slash whatever the heck you, you were doing that I probably don't want to know, <laughs> criminal, uh, to become, you know, a legitimate uh, real estate investor and turn your entire existence around? I guess I was, uh, you know, I, like I said, I got I got clean. I went to rehab, the the halfway houses, the whole did everything that was suggested, and um, you know, just came to the realization that I was living a terrible life, and everything that I had previously known was wrong. You know, the way I thought, and I just built off of that. You know, I got my I somewhat got my credit back in order, and I was living in this duplex, and the lady who was living in the duplex, she offered to sell me it you know and the other house and the other side of the house was the other side of the duplex was totally trashed and uh you know she's trying to sell me it and that kind of got my you know it kind of kind of got my wheels spinning about it and uh, long story short you know three months later i bought another duplex well, so you, didn't, you didn't you know? buy the one that she offered you but it made you <laughs> no, think about it no it was, oh, it was so <laughs> trashed absolutely <laughs> And she wanted way too much. Even even with zero real estate background at the time, I knew that was like, I don't, I don't think this is right. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so tell us about that first deal, that first duplex. Yeah. I mean, where'd you yeah, find I, it? How'd you how'd you finance I, uh, it? The first the first first deal I got was in a low income neighborhood. Um, I got an FHA loan for it, and realized I didn't want to live in it after I bought it. You know. Uh, just because the neighborhood was terrible, and uh, I ended up calling FHA, you know what I mean, and uh, like, hey, I don't want to live here, you know. They're like, well, you can't rent out both sides. I was like, okay, I won't. So I did it anyways, and then I felt bad about it. I felt, and, and then I was getting nervous. I was like, oh man, what's going to happen? But then at the same time, I was like, they're still getting their money. Who cares, you know? And so, long, well, yeah, you know, I refined it. I've, you know, got out of that. Um, and uh, that that duplex is actually, I bought that for forty thousand dollars, and that was just straight dumb luck because that area is actually totally filled with all these shalers and frackers and pipeliners. So there's a, actually in that low income area of, of Pennsylvania, because it's, it's, it's like, a, so right outside of Pittsburgh, but, um, uh, I mean, there's zero rentals. You can rent a $400 apartment for, you know, $900 a month. Wow. And, um, yeah, so actually I do very well on that one. I strictly just kind of rent to the guys who are working on the pipelines and stuff and they uh they're never there they work like 20 hours a day yep. they come there to sleep for four hours and uh you know their company pays the one unit's 900 i get and the other unit's 950 so wow i, I mean what'd nice you pay for the property Forty thousand. holy smokes yeah yeah love shot right so yeah. <laughs> that's uh yeah that's serious right there Serious dumb luck. That's, that's you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, wow, we'll take wow, it. Wow. We'll take it. Well, right. and and you know, on the FHA thing, obviously, to to everybody listening, you want to follow the rules and and not <laughs> you know yeah. not just yep. say ah, I'm going to rent out both sides and not live there. That's that's not a good idea. Don't don't do stuff like that. And uh, not that I'm giving legal advice here at all, but what I've heard is that you have to have the intent of living there. If something drastically changes after you buy it, I'm not saying I'm I'm I mean. 
hear me out here. I'm not saying you should deceive the FHA. I'm just saying like, they're not going to put a gun to your head. If six months after you move into an FHA thing, they're not going to sue you if you have to move because you got married or because you know, the neighborhood was bad or somebody broke into your house or whatever. I mean, it's not like they're going to sue you if you move out for legitimate reasons, but you have to have the intent of living there. Yeah. That sounds a lot like the, uh, rationalization and justification I was doing okay. whenever I realized that I couldn't. Uh, <laughs> there you go. So, All but, right. But yeah, you're right. All right. So we've got this first property. You're, you're feeling it. You're making, I, I, I don't want to do the math in my head. I can't really think right now, but uh, you're making lots of percents on this thing and you're into it. So yeah. how does that next deal come together? What does it look like? And how do you, you know, where does your learning process go? I didn't do a whole lot of learning after that first deal. I was just kind of like, this is awesome. This is so easy, you know? And I looked in that neighborhood after that and I bought two houses side by side from each other, two single families. They were dirt cheap, $2,500. I ended up getting them both for because the lady just couldn't hold on. This wasn't Detroit. This is Pittsburgh. No, this is is (laughs) Pittsburgh, yeah. Pittsburgh, the new Detroit. Yeah. And uh, that's not a compliment. <laughs> this is a, just just so everyone knows that wasn't a compliment. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I bought those and I ended up sitting on them forever, not doing anything with them. And um, I ended up get, doing some other deals at the time um, with some partners. Two partners of mine, we, we bought some apartments and then we started a um, self-storage business. Um, so okay. that kind of took up a lot of my time. And, um, I, with those two houses, I ended up just getting rid of them with seller finance. Okay. So maybe to another investor. Sure. Why don't you explain what that exactly means for those people who have no idea what that means to get rid of them with seller finance? Okay. So basically I was going on, you know, all the, uh, uh I was going to local RIA meetings. I was going on the Facebook blogging real estate sites in Pittsburgh. I was just saying, hey, you want to be a landlord? You know, I'll, I'll let you walk into this for five grand. You know, you, you fix them up, pay me. You know, actually, I structured it pretty sweet. I said, you don't have to pay me anything for six months. And then after six months, you start paying me $300 a month, you know, but I needed a down payment. Sure. So, so okay. it was, I mean, it worked out, you know, and that's, and that's a nice, in my opinion, if, if you want to be a landlord and you want to, and you're starting off and you want to do the work, I mean, that's pretty, I don't know. I thought that was a pretty gravy deal. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm a huge fan. I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of seller financing from both angles, selling as a seller financed and buying seller finance, you know, cause if you're just starting out and you don't have a lot of experience, don't have a lot of money, something like that, like an investor who wants to sell you a property yeah. with seller financing. That's how I bought my 24 unit was with seller financing. Uh, and they didn't need a large down payment. They just needed a little one. And then they just needed, you know, they carried the financing. So I paid them every month instead of a bank and it worked out great. I mean, they aren't real. I mean, they're not everywhere. They're not like the simple deals. You just go get off the MLS, but if you can find them, it's a great win-win for both parties if you structure it right. Oh, uh, for sure. For yeah. sure. Hey, really quick, on that $2,500, you said nobody had to pay anything for six months. You paid 2500 for the two properties. Was there a down payment on that or no? Three grand. So $3,000, you don't pay me a dollar for six months, and six months later, you owe me 300 bucks a month. Nice. Got it. So then they can yep. go They can go in, do the work, fix it up, Would rent it out. Would you do five, then- five years or 10 years on the note? Uh, no. What did I do? I think it was, it was like four, ended up being like four and a half years what it came down to. Yeah. Okay. okay. Cool. So you went to that and then you said you got into uh, self-storage. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to talk about that because we've never done a show on self-storage, and I know you do a little okay. bit of that one. So Yeah, for uh, sure. Yeah, I mean, first of all, again, basic question. For those people who don't even know what we're talking about, what, what do you mean self-storage? Self-storage, a.k.a. mini-storage. You know, the I think the most recognizable thing, if you've ever seen the um, Storage Wars on TV. Yep. Um, I like the show, actually. The, yeah, the, the, the roll-up doors, you know, a bunch of units. Yep. Okay, cool. So you, you bought a complex of them, I'm assuming, like a bunch of them? No, actually, what I did was, actually, me and two of my uh, two uh, partners of mine, we bought an old building. Um, we bought an old building for $20,000 um, right on a main drag in a um, pretty populated area of Pittsburgh. And um, we gutted it, totally gutted it. Everything from the joists to the concrete in the basement, just everything. And then we um, uh, just installed units. You know, so how many units did you get in there? Uh, what did we get in there? Thirty-five, I think. Wow. Yeah, so twenty thousand. How much did it cost to rehab the the property? That's sixty grand. So you're at eighty grand. You got thirty-five units. What what is the average rent per unit on that? Uh, one hundred twenty-five dollars. One hundred twenty-five bucks. Eighty, and we're at about eighty percent right now. What standard is that? About eighty, seventy-five, eighty, ninety percent full. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, if you talk to the storage gurus, they say you should never be a hundred percent full, but um, only because you're supposed to be increasing your prices every month or every year. I'm sorry. Um, however, uh, I don't know. I, I'd rather just be a hundred percent full. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so you said they're averaging hundred and twenty a month. One hundred twenty-five dollars a month. Yeah. Okay. So one twenty-five times, let's say thirty-five. Is that what you said? Thirty-five. Mm-hmm. You're at yeah. Forty-three seventy-five, and then take eighty percent of that. You got thirty five hundred bucks a month in income on a eighty thousand dollar investment. That is a four percent deal. <laughs> and that's yeah. and that and, and I'll tell you what. Wow. What's great about that is I meet the tenants once. Yep. And get zero phone calls ever. Yeah. Because the way we made it was, we don't have like a, a person at the front gate or anything. You know, we just have a, a electronic key code access. You know, we have. Uh, 24-hour surveillance. Um, everything's motion sensitive. Um, they come and go as they please, and you know we we never have to bother with them. That's awesome. What do you do when somebody wants to rent a unit if you don't have somebody working? That's the that, that's the one that we have the phone numbers everywhere down there, and they just okay. call for appointment only. Yeah, got that's it. the one time we meet them. Got they it. Got it. Got every it. month, and that's it. That's beautiful. So, so yeah. I go, I rent, I've got a unit, I pay you guys, and uh, hopefully I'm following your terms of use and not doing bad things in there. Presumably yeah. there are people doing bad things in there because that's kind of what people like to do in those <laughs> types of places sometimes, or so I hear. Um, <laughs> Brandon. And why, why is he? <laughs> he's, he's all red. I don't know why. He's all red. I'm not embarrassed about it. I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't even know well, what they are. No, I I, I've rented it. I mean, I've rented them a few times, like for sure. moves and things like that. So tell us about like, you know, what is the eviction uh, rate like for, for that type of property? What is the process like? You know, g- give us more information. It's actually, it's actually pretty... Um, pretty much in your favor as the owner. Um, okay. And I will say this. Uh, I'm a big fan of Storage Wars, the television show. And I always said, oh, it's going to be so cool when we have our first storage auction. And we did have our first storage auction actually last summer. Um, two 10 by 10s packed full of all kinds of cool stuff, you know. I was like, man, are we going to make some money here, you know. <laughs> and um, truth be told, uh, the people on that show weren't at our storage auction, so we ended up getting uh, 
ten dollars a piece per unit. Wow! <laughs> really? And how much? Like, what yeah. do you think the units were worth? I'm just curious. I I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe a hundred bucks oh, okay. <laughs> to be concerned. But regardless, I don't know. I, I guess I was just filled with years of watching that show. Like, yeah. Like, Man, how much this one goes for two grand? You know. <laughs> so is that the process? If you evict, you have to auction off the the. Yeah, bonus? actually, what you have. To do, you have to send um, uh, at least in, at least in in our county. Um, yeah. You have to send three certified letters within um, within it's it's fifteen days late. Then you have to send your first certified letter. Then if they're another five days late, it's two more within ten days. It's kind of confusing, but you have to have they're all certified. And then um, what you do is you send them on your third certified letter. Say you know we're going to be putting this up for public auction, and um, they have 20 days from then to come and pay or claim it. Um, now, 10 days before the actual auction, you actually have to put. And I always thought this was weird. You actually have to put their name and the size of their units and where obviously the auction is going to be in the paper. Oh, so really? like. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, so everyone knows. I always up there. thought, yeah, like <laughs> that's a little weird. Bills. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I should mention this. this is another awesome thing too. After after that uh, second certified letter, we put a lock on their unit. Oh, so, really? So they can't come back without paying you. They, they can't. Can't. Interesting. Correct. So, so I mean, I, sto- cell storage seems really ideal. I mean, it really seems much. You, know, you don't have to deal with tenants. Really, you don't have to deal with toilets. You don't have to deal with any of that yeah. stuff. What What is the downside? I mean, what? Why isn't everybody in this industry? The one downside, well, I'll tell you two downsides and one from personal experience. When you start a new facility, and I suppose this is with any business that's in a uh, you know brick and mortar um, area, people don't. You're not established. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. We really didn't start getting a whole lot of tenants right off the bat. You know, I mean, I think we had like two tenants for the first like six months. You know, while being open. But I mean, what are you going to do? You yeah. Know? But then, you know, through advertising and, and just people driving by, you know, a huge sign, you know, um, we, we started filling up, you know. Um, I suppose the other downside would be, you know, you can't charge a whole lot for this, you know. Um, so you're not making, I don't know. I mean, obviously, a lot of them at $100, for, sure. for instance, you know, you're making a lot. But it, it's just, I, and, and they're popping up everywhere, too. I mean, everywhere you go, there's storage units, you know, out in the country, in the city. Uh, I, I see them everywhere. And you know what? It, the size of the units are getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. So competition's actually, in my opinion, getting a lot, lot, you know, more fierce here. And, I, and I've heard so. that. I've heard that from other people in with self-storage is they say it's very much like it runs in kind of boom bust cycles, a lot like real real estate does, but it can get very um, severe because there'll be like 10 years of overbuilding in one area. You know, like it's like there's not enough storage. And so then a bunch of people start building and it takes a few years to build them and get them all rented out. And then all of a sudden there's way too much. And so supply and demand kicks in and the prices drop and there's, you know, 80% vacancy everywhere. And then, you know, then that lasts for 10 years and then back to the other way. And it's just this big curve that I've heard can happen in, in areas. And obviously there's ways to overcome that, you know, advertising and being better than the rest and, and, you know, being smarter than the next guy can help with that. But anyway, I just, that's just what I've heard, but again, I've never gotten well, to do it. One, and one tip, I will say this, if you, if you are a, um, a storage unit operator, I would highly, highly suggest getting the, um, the bank account information for automatic withdrawal from your tenants because mm. it seems like self store your self storage bill is kind of put on the wayside a little bit, um, much more so than rents or you know your electric bill. Even even when you send them a bill, 
it's just slow pain, you know? Yeah. yeah. Do you have a lot of issues with people paying late and stuff? Is that like a constant uh, struggle to chase rent? Yeah. It's, I don't, I want to, no, no more than my, you know, apartment and, you know, house tenants. So. Well, it's okay. the same people. Yeah, yeah basically. Yeah. It's actually true. So, yeah. It's, it's the same people. The same kind of people. Um, yeah. So do you do you just have that one self storage, or had, have you gone and picked up other ones, or built other we ones? We picked up another one this past fall, and it actually has a lot of. Um, it's another kind of conformed uh, commercial building. Um, the units were actually already in them, so we we inherited a bunch of tenants when we bought that. Um, however, it also has office space connected to it too, so it's uh, it was actually a nice nice buy. So you're a uh- I was gonna say, so you're a residential landlord. You're also a commercial landlord now, and a self storage guy. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, like it's kind of a very uh, what do you call that? Uh, diversified. Diverse. Yeah, that's cool. How many units are in that next building? The next, seventeen. Uh, seventeen storage, and then what about office space? Then it has like um, I forget the square footage. Just an uh, I'd say you know we're we're rehabbing it right now, so it's not uh, currently being rented the office space, but. Uh, I, I I always thought like it'd be nice for like a dentist dentistry practice yeah. or something like that or or I don't know watch a tattoo shop or go in there or something I don't, <laughs> I don't yeah, care nice. sick day. Yeah. Yeah. there you go there you go whether you need to buy or sell or you're just obsessed with looking at homes for sale Redfin's got you covered Redfin updates their listings every two minutes to help you see new homes first and they give you personalized recommendations based on the homes you like, so you can find a home that's just right for you, whether that's a cabin, a craftsman, or a castle. With the top-rated Redfin app, you can favorite homes, share listings with others, and schedule tours even on the same day with a local Redfin agent who can help guide you through the whole home buying process. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents have the experience to help you get the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents. With a listing fee as low as 1%, Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards what matters most to you, like your next home. In fact, last year, Redfin saved home sellers $127 million. No matter where you are in your real estate journey, Redfin can help. Download the Redfin app to get started today. We're always looking for ways to improve, searching for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for better is by matching with quality candidates. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com BiggerPockets. Just go to Indeed.com BiggerPockets right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com BiggerPockets. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Listeners, I'm telling you right now, it's not every day you find a game changer like Rent Ready. They're not stopping with just tenant screening. They've rolled out proof of income verification. 
Let Rent Ready handle the heavy lifting with automatic checks on financial stability and earnings. Plus, with Plaid certified reports, you'll have all the info you need right at your fingertips. Rent Ready is included in your pro membership at Bigger Pockets. And if you're not a pro, they're offering the six month plan for just $1. How great of a deal is that? That's one eighth of a Chipotle. That's pretty good. Visit rentready.com. That's R E N T R E D I.com and use the code BP Investor. That's BP, like Bigger Pockets, Investor, to get six months of rent ready for $1. Want to dive deep into commercial real estate, entrepreneurship, leadership, and the economy? Tune into the Walker webcast hosted by the CEO of Walker & Dunlop, one of the largest commercial real estate finance and advisory services firms in the nation. As an unparalleled leader in commercial real estate, CEO Willie Walker frequently appears as an expert on major platforms like CNBC and the New York Times. He's even been on the Bigger Pockets podcast network too. On the Walker webcast, you'll hear from guests like A-Rod, renowned economist Dr. Peter Linneman, and experts from Walker and Dunlop's capital markets, research, and investment sales groups. So fire up the Walker webcast on your favorite podcast app or join live on Wednesdays to see Willie interact with his guests. Plus, you can always catch the replay on demand afterward. Stay ahead of the curve with insights for life from the Walker webcast. Learn more and subscribe to the Walker webcast at walkerdunlop.com slash pockets. And be sure to follow Walker and Dunlop on all your favorite social media channels too. That's walkerdunlop.com slash pockets. So, all right. Did anything come between, you know, after the self-storage and then this next self-storage slash office? Were, were there other properties that you had picked up? Um, you know what? Actually, the last the last year and a half, I've been focusing a lot on um, mobile homes, um, okay. picking mobile homes up, you know. So um, why? why? Yeah, why, why mobile homes? Because you can you just get them for next to nothing, you know. Um, well, tell us about people, that. People, in my opinion... Um, I've come across people, they, they change, you know, they'll change their mobile home and they, and, and, and they can't move them because, um, as you may or may not know, I know you had that mobile home park guy, uh, what was that? Four or five episodes ago? I think. Yeah, I think, uh, was that it Jeff- was an awesome episode. I think it was yeah. Jefferson Lily, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what it, it, you know, it costs, you know, anywhere from two to three grand to move one. Mm-hmm. Um, so people don't want to move one, especially if they're paying for a new house. And basically, they just want to get out of it. So, I mean, a lot of times you can just negotiate getting a title for nothing. So how, did, uh, how do you find them? I mean, uh, first of all, how many, how many have you got now? What's your total number of mobile homes? 19. Then? Ooh. Yeah, that's- now, do these, are you buying the homes in a single park? Are you buying the homes on their own land? What, what exactly? Are uh, mostly in parks. Mostly in parks, and I and I try to negotiate with um, the park owners. You know what I mean? Because what's in their benefit is going to be in my benefit too. Got you it. So you'll go and you'll pick up. You may own one home in this park, five in this park, three in another park. Yep. Got it. Yep. Got it. Got it. Got it. And, and how the, are you finding them? Craigslist, or you know, word of mouth in the park itself. You know what I mean? Tenants talk. That's all they do is talk. Sure. More so, you know, and they just call you up and. I, I put a I I've put a couple of times the uh, you know I will buy your mobile home sign I had two of those and you know just mostly word of mouth I will say that so now. you've got these parks for close to nothing it sounds like what 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 do you rent a park uh, not a park what do you rent a, uh, a mobile home out for approximately I actually, I actually only rent two of them and I do three hundred dollars a month 
Okay. Or what do you do and with the rest of them? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, the other the other ones I I sell on terms. Okay, so it's, it's kind of like that same strategy you did with the mm-hmm. yeah. with the first yeah. twenty five hundred dollars houses. Yeah, that, when you said the first those two houses, I thought of like the mobile home thing, and we talked about that with John Fedro back on. I don't remember which episode that was, but um, there was a while back. Man, we got so many episodes now, I can't keep them straight. But yeah, yeah with John Fedger, we talked about that same strategy. You buy them uh, probably for cash if you can, and, or, and then just turn on a Salomon contract and make that good return on your investment. And so, for those yeah. people who don't know what the hell that means, yeah. what does that mean? I mean, so you are, you're the bank again, right? Now you're essentially, you're- yeah. However, um, as you as you know, and you guys have talked about a lot before the uh, you know the Safe Act and the Dodd Frank Act, and 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 you know I don't know at least they're a little scary to me. So I, I went ahead and, and got a um, mortgage loan originator um, oh. to make to make up all my um, uh, notes. You know what I mean? So everything's legitimate, and you know I'm not just uh, conjuring them up on my PC and saying you know you owe me this. So yeah. So, it- can you explain that? I mean, what what was that process like? What do they do? What do you do? Um, what the the tenants, the tenant buyers? No, no, no yeah. Well, no, I'm talking between you and and the uh, originator. It, well, he just he does everything. His contract was because I originally got one from my old lawyer, and it was basically a rent to own um, contract, which I don't know how updated it was, and then. When I saw his, um, it was a lot more in detail, and I guess it, it is um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Um, well, it, it's Dodd-Frank friendly pretty sure. much. Um, you know what I mean? It's, it's – you know, I'm, that's what I'm paying for, so I'm yeah. legit, you know? And yeah. for those people who don't know, like Dodd-Frank was a – like what, a legislation that came out a few years ago from Dodd and Frank who led it up, I guess. And, uh, Barney, Barney Frank, Barney Frank and, Chris and Chris Dodd. Yeah. So like it basically limits the – amount that real estate investors can do seller financing to a degree. It says like, you can only do so many. And before you do that, you have to do this and you have to follow these 50 rules. And, and the way around it, of course, is what you said is to use a loan originator or a mortgage originator or whatever. Like so you're a, still the, the owner of uh, the still, you're the lender of record, but you don't do any of the paperwork. I mean, at the end of the day, they're the originator, you're the lender and yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I think that I think some of the rules were like you could only do three in your name or any kind of entity per twelve month period, um, and uh, I don't know. There was a there was I mean I I've never read it. I don't know anybody sure. who has read it or actually. I uh, <laughs> guess what? Dodd and Frank probably didn't read it either. <laughs> well, actually, there's some people I've noticed I, I've read on on the Bigger Pocket site. You know, um, there's some pretty in depth. Uh, heated debates about it. Actually, uh, I've totally stayed out of them. Yeah, um, you know, I just I, I just read. You know, but uh, uh, there there are some experts on the, on the on your site though for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's I, I've gotten lost in reading those. Like you know, because eventually these get so like I don't know. I read them and then I'm just like, I have no idea anymore. This is so over my head. I need a lawyer. Yeah, I'm just going to pay someone else to do this the right way for yeah. me. And I, hey, that's smart. So Justin, so you've got these mobile homes and I understand you are looking to get into parks now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. However, I've been looking for a park for the last like seven or eight months. Um, truth be told, they're, they're not very easy to buy. I was actually, there's so many factors with, especially with the infrastructure, the zoning, and what terrifies me the most about it is, and and usually I'm I'm not the type to overanalyze things, so I'm not afraid to pull the trigger on them, but the last one I I almost bought, um, it had a septic system, and that just, it just terrified me, you know, 
Oh, um, you don't want to puddle of poop in, uh, on yeah. your property? I well, mean, it wasn't so much that. It's when I called the county uh, percolation department. They told me right off the bat, they, they said, we don't have to come out there, but we know it's not working correctly. And then they also said, it's probably going to cost you about this much to fix it. So I, was, I couldn't afford it. You know what I mean? I mean, you're looking at like, you know. Sixty, seventy thousand dollars right out of pocket because you know they're they're going to come down there right after you buy it. Yeah. I, just, for, I was just like, forget it, you know. Makes sense. Makes sense. But regardless, Got- I mean, especially dealing with some of these old mom and pops um, owners who who you know they they've or, or these kids that have inherited the parks or that these parks have been in their family for so long. You know, I'll, I'll ask for a rent roll, and it's like, oh, he's paying one fifty, he's paying two, he's. Uh, I don't know what he's paying. You know what I mean? A lot that that's very common. Um, that's I've funny. noticed, or they're just making it up, like yeah. straight up lying. You know? Yeah. But, you know, I wonder. Going back to your discussion earlier on how you created a self storage out of commercial property, I wonder if it wouldn't be easier to try to. And you know, yeah, it was empty for a while, but I wonder if it wouldn't be easier to try to do the same thing with mobile home, like buy land, zone it for mobile home or whatever. And I then don't just know. I've, I've, I've heard that. That's very difficult to rezone from mobile home parks. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I have no idea. At least, at least in my area. I don't know, you know, yeah. about you know, anywhere else. Well, cool. Gotcha. Well, gotcha. Um, I guess, where, where do you see, kind of kind of a wrapping up question, where do you see yourself going in the future? I mean, like, what's what's your plan? Just more mobile home parks or just continue doing what you're already you doing? You know what? Well, right now, I'm currently um, in negotiations for, like, this three storefront um, here in Pittsburgh with two apartments above it. I really like the, I really like the multifamilies, particularly with, uh, or I like the commercials with, uh, some apartments above it. You know, um, I'm re- I really like that. Uh, I, 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 I do not see myself buying any more single families. I'm not saying, not, I don't have anything against them, but I just don't, uh, I don't know. They don't, you hate them. They suck. You hate them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> basically, I don't want to say it, but yeah, they, uh, <laughs> had experiences with them, you know. Have you? Okay. Um, and uh, I, I should mention, you know, I also have a uh, masonry restoration company. So that's my kind of main thing that I deal with on a day-to-day basis, you know. And I, I hope to grow that the, the best that I can, you know. Cool. Gotcha. Cool. Gotcha. Awesome. Well, hey, why don't we move on to uh, the section of the show we call the Fire Round. It's time for the Fire Round. All right, the uh, the fire round. These questions come straight to you from the Bigger Pockets forums, which I know you uh, occasionally hang out in, Justin. So you maybe have seen these before. Uh, so number one, uh, somebody said this: I want to eventually invest in commercial real estate, like thirty plus unit apartments or mixed use, maybe office buildings. But I do not know where to start. Would it be a good idea for me to start by contacting an agent? Should that be my first step? I mean. I don't know. I mean, I've bought an, I bought one through an agent. I bought another one, you know, just through the owner. Um, I think you're going to get a whole lot more flexibility through the owner. Um, maybe something more creative uh, or seller finance, which is always very appealing to me. Yeah. Um, however, I feel like uh, the, at least the agents that I've dealt with, you know, when I've when I've asked about things like that, they um, you know they automatically shut it down. I don't know. I mean. The two properties that the two commercial properties that I that I purchased were sitting vacant for so long, and I and I had been looking at them, so I, I knew that there wasn't a whole lot of interest in them. So at least there was a little bit of leverage. Actually, I got one. The one of them was uh, we offered forty thousand like three years ago, 
they said no. We want we want. I think they were asking sixty five, and then you know this past fall it was still for sale. And we offered forty thousand. They were like, all right. So you know <laughs> what I mean. I don't know, hey, but it's something I drove past all the time. Sure. You know? Yeah. So. That's, that's funny. Great. That's great. And I, and I like that you said that you drove past it. I mean, that's, that's a great way to find property is, you know, where, where you go, where you live, where you work, where you drive around, you know, keep an eye out. And it's a great, great way to, to find opportunities. Yeah. Well, you know, something, another good thing about, you know, like commercial properties, something that I do a lot, um, I always a- advertise, um, to uh, other businesses for uh, ad space, particularly like on the on the side of our buildings, we'll put up uh, you know vinyl signs with their businesses on you know for like seventy five hundred bucks a month, and you know it's just another way to create a couple extra bucks for you, you know every month. You know, nice. Cool. And do you need permits for that? If it's a billboard, if it's protruding from the wall, but not if it's actually like a vinyl tap cond right into the. Well, Interesting, and and of course, obviously, you want to check your local yeah, yeah. on that. But one of cool. one of my local, like kind of like my mentor, a good friend of mine out here, he's got a property out on like the main drag of just like this beach town area. Anyway, so uh, but uh, you know, a lot of traffic goes on this road. So anyway, he sold just a sign, like four by four posts, vinyl side. I uh, got permission from the city and everything. Like they didn't care, and uh, he sells it for two fifty a month or something like that, just on the yeah. the front lawn of a rental property. And yeah. the, like, it, it's a huge lawn. So it's not like in the tenant's way, but, uh, it pays for all his lawn mowing is for him going out there and pays for a lot of his maintenance and stuff. Just sticking a sign up for some local like ah, fishing so company. Or something. Yeah. 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 So, anyway. Yeah. There's cool ways you can make a lot of extra money in real estate. Just if you get creative and think about it. So yeah. All right, right moving on. on. All right. Next question. Where do you find listings of self-storage locations you can purchase? So is there a place to find self-storage units or is there like a website where you can you know what? I did a lot of um, I did a lot of calling places, kind of like old older. You know, obviously, I'm not going to call Guardian Storage or, or any of the super big names, but like you know, you see those old ones all over the place. I've been there for years, and it looks like they have zero upkeep. Um, and, and I just straight up call and 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 ask if they're looking to sell, and, and if they're not, to you know, write my number. Or I'll go in and leave my card, and you know, yeah. right on. That's cool. cool. I mean, it's the same way with any real estate. I mean, that, that's what's yeah, cool about self storage yeah. is it's just a business like real estate. It's part of the real estate business. So the yep. same same strategies that work for rental properties work for that. So very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, my turn. Yes. <laughs> just waiting. I was like, come on, Josh, ask the question. All right. Uh, let's see. And now you've done a little bit of wholesaling, right? We didn't talk about that today, but you've done a little wholesaling, right? Yeah. Yeah. I did. Uh three deals total okay. and then I and then I was one of those people that they talk about unlike the uh you know people who don't stick with it I didn't stick with it so <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah I I just it, it was uh it, it really is a time consuming thing you know people who think it's a quick buck man those wholesalers work hard yep. um and it's a lot of work and you know what I just uh, I had other things going on that I put on a higher priority list than that you know yeah. So I, I can't yeah. just like say, hey, I'm going to be a wholesaler, like blink and have deals and make money on it. I mean, because that's what they tell you. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, if they did, I'd still be, I'd, I'd be a wholesaler. I wouldn't do <laughs> anything go. else. You know? There you go. Yeah. So. I know very, very, I know very, very few people who are full time, full time wholesalers. Yeah. I, I know very, very few. And the ones who, I know, yeah. yeah. I think I know two. Yeah. And, and, the ones who are tend to move on to rehabbing anyway, eventually, and then landlording. Because if you're really good at wholesaling, then you could just get the deals for yourself. A lot of times, like it's yep. kind of a, a quick. But anyway, the question was in the forums was uh, for the fire round here. Can you wholesale a mobile home the same as a regular property? Do you know that? 
Uh, yeah, I'm sure you can. Um, however, and wholesalers have approached me, but you know, like they and they say what they're and basically it's a finder's fee what they're asking for, and it's just not worth it to me to you know go on with the deal because I mean I got to put. A certain amount. I, I don't know. I've done enough of them now to know how much it's going to cost me and and what I like out of it. And you know, if they're going to ask for you know five hundred or thousand dollars for the, the finder's fee, it's just you know keep it. I'm, I'm not going to pay it. You know. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. Last question for mobile homes: Is the maintenance more or less or the same as would be say a typical property, typical home? No, no way. You can rehab a mobile home for. Definitely under five thousand dollars, hundred, you know, top to bottom. I know yes. I do. Um, so, it's, it's then again, it's, it's what you put into it too. Because mm-hmm. no. I've seen people put granite countertops in mobile homes. I mean, you can do whatever you want. You know? Yeah, but the expectation is yeah. probably not quite as high with the mobile homes. They don't expect granite usually in a mobile. No, they don't. <laughs> there you go. All right, all right. Moving awesome. on. Let's wrap this thing up with the world famous. Famous for. All right, the famous four. These questions we ask everyone every show, and we have for 118 shows or whatever it is we're at now. I don't know. We're probably much further than that because this is being recorded early. But anyway, so number one, what is your favorite real estate related book? Rich Dad Poor Dad. I, I'm, <laughs> I knew uh, you were going to say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's you know what? It's by default because it's really the only real estate book I ever read. So okay, well there, there you go. Okay, bam. Easy. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. Business book. Is there any kind of business book that kind of, or, you know, anything that, that you're reading or read or for business? Millionaire Next Door. Um, blew my mind. I love that book. I think it's so informative. And, uh, you know, what? It, it actually changed. It definitely changed the way I lived. You know what I mean? I really started to try to live below my means and just, to the point where I try to buy three-year-old cars now. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it's it's an awesome book. Great read. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Awesome. Cool. And uh, what about hobbies? What do you do for fun? I like to just hang out with my kids. I'm a cross-country dad, so I help them. You know, a lot of running. Also vaping, too. I don't know if you guys ever, uh, you know, Vape. vaping is. I don't even know what like that the is. E-cigarette, e- you know, like oh. this. The big class. I know. I know. It's like kind of corny, but it's like my one vice, and it's like my friends build them, and they got me into it. So now it's like you know, see who can build the biggest cl- or blow the biggest cloud, and I go to the. I, I didn't spend, even know that was I a thing. I probably spend way too much money on it, but it's it's just like something I do. It's <laughs> that's funny. I actually haven't been. Blo- it's right here. I haven't been blowing on it this whole time, but you know. So. Oh yeah, I did not well, even. Know. I mean, we'll I knew wrap there was- it up so you can make a cloud. <laughs> <laughs> Do they have like competitions for that? That's like, what I they, wanted. They, yeah. they, they do. They do. I I, I don't. Funny. I wouldn't do that. But they do actually. Have, yeah. Wow. Sure. That's awesome. All right. Uh, last question then. What do you believe sets apart successful real estate investors from those who fail, never get started, or give up? I think people who think they don't deserve it. You know, I truly believe that I deserve success. I deserve. You know basically be you know wealthy and and I, and i'm gonna and i'm gonna work for it you know i'm gonna every day if i have to you know weekends holidays whatever you know at night you know but I, I i feel guilty watching tv at night sometimes you know yeah. it's just the stuff you can be doing yep yeah. me yeah. too <laughs> hey justin i've got i've got a last question not part of the uh, famous four here um you've got a, I mean you know you've got a very distinct story than than that of a lot of the other people that we've had on the show. 
So, okay. you know, you know your story, but I mean, you started, you know, you, you did a lot of bad stuff, it sounds like, uh, before and, and have, have had this full, full uh, turnaround. And that's amazing and, and to be applauded for sure. So, you know, for, for those people who might be just down on their luck or might be making bad decisions, who, uh, you know, might be listening and saying, hey, you know what, this sounds real cool, but I don't know how the hell to, to get anywhere. I mean, I, you know, what, what would you tell those people who are just in, in a bad place or they don't have a lot of money or they're working a crap job or whatever it is, like a crap, like, you know, make, you know no offense. Well, I won't, I, won't, I won't mention any franchises by <laughs> names, but, you know, they're you know, working an $8 an hour job and, and, you know, they're looking and dreaming and saying, man, I want to do this. What would you tell them? What advice would you give that person to kind of get the ball moving? Um, keep the goal in mind, the end goal in mind, you know, um, never, never be satisfied. Feelings pass, man. They're just feelings, you know, they, they pass. If, if you were walking down the, uh, down the railroad tracks with a garbage bag full of clothes like me and, and, and you're not at that point, then, then you have a huge leg up on than I did. So. Yeah. But what, and and that's amazing. So what first steps, actual attainable, you know, actions would you give to them beyond mindset? Like how do I, Hey, I want to buy my first house. I want to buy this. I want to do this. I want to flip. I want to wholesale. I want to buy self storage. I want to do anything. I want to, I just, I want to get into real estate. What would you, what would you tell me to do? Actually, you guys were just talking about this physically write it down. I don't, I don't, I don't know what happens when you actually physically take the pen to paper, but physically write down your goals, yeah. you know, and, and, and I don't know, just, just make, just do it. You know what I mean? Just start doing one thing at a time, you know, inches every day, a little bit more, a little bit more, you know? Yeah. Right on. Cool, man. Hey, where can people find out more about you? Bigger pockets, man. Um, uh... you know, and, uh, you know, baymasonryrestoration.com. Um, Facebook, you know, contact cool. me for whatever, you know, uh, message me or if you just want to talk, not just about real estate, I don't care, you know, so. <laughs> cool. right on, right on, right on. All right. Well, it's Justin, been fun. It has, we definitely appreciate it. It's a, it's a, it's a pretty cool story and congrats on, on your personal turnaround. Congrats on the ongoing success. And, and we hope, uh, we hope obviously that it continues uh, going forward and, and, uh, you know, rock on, man. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. It was awesome. Awesome. For sure. For sure. A pleasure. Well, thank you. All right, Justin. Thanks so much. Hey, thanks, guys. I'll see you. All right, guys. Good show. Good show. Thanks again to Justin. Uh, again, really fascinating, you know, really happy to hear. You know, it's, it's hard, you know, You, you hear about a guy who's just, you know, made some really bad decisions and you want to go out and you want to judge him, And, and that's kind of a natural thing that people do. And, and, uh, during the show, I actually looked over. Just I was curious about um, what was it, the number of people uh, like in America who are addicted to drugs or alcohol. And it's like I think we said eleven percent of Americans are addicted. And then out of those eleven percent, only eleven percent of them ever get treatment for it, for it. You know, like I don't. I just thought that was like fascinating. And thinking fifty thousand people listen to our show. You know, if those numbers were the same, you know, there's a good chance that there's five thousand people listening right now to the show who are struggling with that kind of stuff. And, and if uh, you are, yeah. Get, you know, reach out and get yeah, some reach help. Out. Yeah, because I mean, uh, like, a, 
there's a light. I was going to say, like, there's definitely light at the end of that tunnel. And like Justin's story kind of shows that, that there's ways, you know, out of that lifestyle. You don't have to be stuck in that and just wallowing in that mud forever. And I just think, uh, yeah, his story is really inspiring, kind of showing that that's possible. Says the preacher. There you go. There you go. Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, you know, there's Narconon, there's all sorts of organizations. Uh, definitely encourage if, if you're fighting or facing any of that, uh, that you, you know, look into these, these organizations and, or if you know somebody who is, you know, help them out. But, yeah. uh, um, yeah, anyway, so it's, it's cool to see a guy like Justin who, who was able to work through it and, you know, who really reached the bottom and now is starting to do really well. And, and, you know, we're, we're, we're proud to hear the story and we're proud to share it with you guys. And, and so hopefully if it inspires one person to, you know, step up and, and make moves, you know, even if you're not in, you know, addicted or, or having other issues, um, we definitely encourage, that, uh, you know, you to get inspired. We encourage inspire inspiration, right? <laughs> Very good. Yeah, yeah. Take action. And, and, and lastly, I'll say just leave a comment for Justin in the show notes if you haven't done that already. So you can probably get those at biggerpockets.com slash show 123. And so just go ahead and leave a message there. Just, uh, you know, ask questions, leave comment, encouragement, whatever you can do. I think, I know I guess really appreciate that. So awesome. Awesome. Cool. All right. Let's get out of here. Well, thanks guys for listening. This is bigger pockets podcast. You know, if you're, uh, if you're not yet a member of our site, jump on biggerpockets.com, get involved, get active, make moves and, uh, take little baby steps every day. Uh, if you're getting started, uh, that's, that's the way to make moves. So, uh, I'm Josh Dorkin signing off. You're listening to bigger pockets radio, simplifying real estate for investors, large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. There's a reason small multifamily investing is so popular in the BiggerPockets community. With just a 3.5% down payment, you can own up to four different units. Think about it. If you house hack and live in one of the units, you still have three different groups of tenants helping you pay down your mortgage every month, four kitchens and bathrooms you could renovate to increase your property value, four different Airbnbs, medium-term rentals, or other rental strategies that you can try in one property, all in just one transaction. Of course, the question is, where do you find a small multifamily property that you can actually afford? Which market and which deals are best for you? Once you close, how do you manage it, optimize it, keep scaling, and living your life without being tied down to four leaky toilets or four fussy tenants? All great questions, my friends. All to be answered in the upcoming Small Multifamily Bootcamp with Chris Lopez and Leka Devatha. So if you're serious about growing your portfolio with this highly efficient strategy, head to biggerpockets.com slash four, F-O-U-R. Today, and join us in the Small Multifamily Bootcamp. See you there. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all hosts and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. BiggerPockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.